This podcast is sponsored by Rio AI. Rio ESG is an intelligent sustainability software platform that helps equip corporate, public sector, financial services and investment management entities with the knowledge and technology to do better. From data capture to investment consultancy, Rio combines market-leading sustainability knowledge with its intelligent sustainability software platform to deliver award-winning solution-based data analysis, governance and education tools to help organisations of all sizes report on and improve their ESG metrics. Rio partners with organisations of all sizes to deliver bespoke sustainability solutions that reduce risk, increase investment perspective and deliver lasting impact for both corporations and the planet. Visit www.rio.ai to begin your sustainable investment journey. Hi, I'm Philippa Natal, Environment Editor of The New Statesman. Welcome to this special episode of The New Statesman podcast in partnership with Rio.ai. As the world faces a climate emergency, what power do ordinary people have to try and shape the way big companies behave? One of the biggest areas of investment is our pension funds. But do we have the information or the ability to shape how companies invest our money? To discuss this, I'm joined by David Heyman, campaign director of Make My Money Matter, the campaign founded by Richard Curtis, that's calling for greater transparency in where pension funds put their money. Also with me is former pensions minister, Roz Altman. I started by asking David why the focus on pension investments. I think there's a huge amount of money in UK pensions, about 2.6, 2.7 trillion pounds. That money is owned by UK savers. It's an extraordinary amount of money. So for often, for most people, it's the largest pot of savings they'll have. But right now, there's a huge disconnect between how individuals see that money and how they act on that money and how that money aligns with their lifestyle decisions. So what we've got is a situation where there's this extraordinary amount of money owned by UK citizens and UK savers, but right now is often misaligned with their values or their lifestyle decisions. And that's what our campaign's trying to do. It's trying to help members of the public have more voice and choice over where their pensions are invested so they can actually be invested to build a world they want to retire into, not one which is going to drive the fans of climate change over the coming years. And whose responsibility is it, David, to make sure that the general public is aware? You've obviously running a campaign, but is it also the responsibility of government, of the pension companies? Yeah, I think we've all got responsibility in this. I think individual citizens have got responsibility to explore where their money is being invested, to ask the question of their pensions. Where's my money going? What kind of impact is it having? And is it building a world fit for my retirement? I think there's a huge responsibility on pension funds themselves to be sharing and communicating and being more transparent with their members over where that money is being invested. And that's a real problem in the industry right now is is the visibility and transparency of our investments. I think there's a problem in terms of education in our country, which enables people to have a decent grounding in basic finance. These are complicated issues and I don't feel like our education system sets people up to be able to really explore and interrogate their own money in a way which I think would be beneficial for their financial health and well-being. And that, of course, links to the government. So I think there's a responsibility on individuals, but also on, on the funds to really better communicate and engage their members around this issue. 
Thanks, David. And so, Ros, as David has said there, governments obviously have a role to play here. And as former pensions minister, could you talk us through a little bit what the UK has done to, to try and make pensions more sustainable and to give more transparency and visibility? Certainly the government, this government, has been committed to ensuring that pensions and pension funds operate in a much more sustainable manner. Having chaired COP26 last year, the message that was given, including in various pieces of legislation, was that it will now be required for all pension funds to report on how they are tackling the issues of sustainability. And of course, the buzzword ESG has become much more prevalent across the pensions industry. Local authority pension schemes have been asked to invest more in infrastructure, and the aim of that is, generally speaking, to to build infrastructure projects that meet the green agenda much better. Having said that, the government's focus tends to be on defined contribution pension savings, which is what most people nowadays are putting money into. But the overwhelming totality of assets in pensions in the UK is still in defined benefit schemes. And they are not being particularly encouraged to look at investing their money in green projects, in projects that will improve the environment. It's more about stewardship and making sure that they report on what they're doing about sustainability. But the defined contribution total assets is about 500 billion compared with the defined benefit assets, which are about four times larger and where you don't have the constraints of daily pricing and requirements for short term liquidity, which, of course, will work against any assets that are trying to build up value over the very long term, which ideally you would normally expect pensions to be used for. But unfortunately, the way our pension system is structured, the defined contribution market, the one where you're not guaranteed an amount of pension, you put in a specific sum, and then however your money grows that will be what you'll get as a total fund, and then you convert that into an income. Those funds have much bigger constraints and will find it more difficult with the price caps and the pricing requirements and the liquidity requirements to actually make a significant investment in these areas. So you are relying on companies like Cushion, for example, which is a kind of disruptor pension provider that I'm using, which has already launched its net zero now pension, not waiting for 2025, but using carbon offsets. It has actually devised a pension product that are net zero immediately. But of course, that's costly. And no one else in the industry has really done that. And that's not going to be enough money to make it a difference. So we do need government, I believe, to facilitate more investment in environmental projects. Having said that, they have already put in place requirements that go beyond other countries in terms of pension funds having to report on their sustainability and the 
way in which the portfolio is mitigating and meeting climate targets. Ross explained the problem with pensions is about how you encourage us to engage with them. I think we're missing one of the big elephants in the room. And this is where I would want to tackle things at the root, which is that the pensions industry has grown up with the expectation that their customers don't engage in pensions at all. Pensions are sold to employers and the employer chooses the scheme for their members. That's how auto-enrolment works. And the member is not expected, the workers are not expected to worry about anything to do with their pension. They just are told that they've got a pension and don't worry about it. The clever people in the city will invest it for you and it'll all all be hunky-dory. The fewer questions that members ask, the easier the life for the pension provider. Now, what I believe we need is a completely new approach, as I say, a disruptive approach, which helps and encourages people to take an interest in what their pension is doing, both for them in the future, and of course, for society and the planet now. And we've shown that if you have apps and easily understood messaging, which highlight, for example, some of the environmentally friendly investments that your money may be going into, then certainly younger workers take a real interest in this. They start taking pride in the fact that the money they've got building up for their own future is doing some good now and is being looked after in a responsible way. Now, the industry at the moment is so far from that. Whatever you did with rating agencies would only make a difference to the very, very wealthy. To the mass market, it's unlikely to have much uh, an impact So I would say what we really need to do is follow up on this, the government's requirements to disclose your portfolio's alignment metrics about the extent to which your investments are aligned with the Paris Agreement, for example, you know, and then go further to demonstrate to members what kind of investments these are, what they're doing. So the members start taking an interest in that. The government is currently trialling a green nudge with three pension providers trying to find ways in which they can help get members a bit more what they call engaged, I would call it interested, in their pension scheme. And without that, I think we are in a very difficult place for trying to improve the sustainability because the employer's choice of pension is something at the moment the workforce has no control over. So however passionate your workforce is about looking after the environment, unless you choose a pension provider who is already doing that or who has committed to doing that, then your workers won't be able to have that reassurance. Thank you, Roz. And David, you're presumably part of this disruptive approach and in, in waking people up a little bit and encouraging them to engage with their pension. And how, how does that go? And how much interest do you get from people in actually wanting to know where their pension is invested? We launched our campaign about two years ago now and have been operating for the last 18 months, two years under the spectre of covid of the conflict in Ukraine, of the cost of living crisis, of a huge challenge for members of the public. And 
pensions are probably not the first thing that you'd think people would have been focusing on or caring about. But what we've seen during that time is a real increase in awareness and knowledge of members of the public of the links between their money and the climate crisis. We've seen an 85% increase in savers who make a connection between their pensions and climate change in just the last 18 months alone. So I think that tells you that you can communicate on these issues, you can resonate with members of the public, and you can make this connection between our money, our pensions, which are seemingly distant, far off, intangible things, and the world that's being created around us. So I think there's a real opportunity there to tell this story and tell it in a way which is challenging, but also empowering. Like I said at the start, for most people, this will be the biggest pot of money and savings that they will have during their lifetime. And showing the power of that money in terms of building the world around what it could be invested in, how it could be used for good, how it could align with those day-to-day actions that you're taking outside of your money. It's a really empowering message and we find that resonates really strongly with members of the public. We also want to change the culture around our money. So it's not a separate, standalone, parallel thing that that kind of we assume sits in a bank vault somewhere in Switzerland, slowly accruing interest, but it's actually our hidden superpower to change the world around us. And we're seeing that cultural change in how individuals think about their money, in how the media covers the issue of money, in how governments in the finance industry are responding. And you look at COP26, where private finance was an absolutely key core part of those discussions. And again, you can see it filtering through. I think one thing that, that Ros was just mentioning and talking about this, how this is a B2B industry in many cases, that's true. But what we're also trying to do is change how businesses think about their sustainability agenda too. So just as an individual, we want to think about how they travel and the food they eat and the clothes they wear and the money that they have invested. Also for all organizations, we're pushing that all businesses when they're making their sustainability plans, when they're making their sustainability strategies, fundamentally include their money as a core component of that. Right now, you've got about 95% of the FTSE 100 companies have got sustainability plans, but only about 5% of them mention their pensions within them. We think these businesses are missing a huge trick in terms of the investments they make into their employees' future and into the sustainability of, of the planet's future. And so we think that, yes, it's B2B, but we want to mobilize the business angle of this so that all organizations are integrating pensions into their work. And we're seeing this rise as well. Since we launched, we've had IKEA, Tesco, EY, Co-op, Innocent Smoothies all sign up to commit to including and integrating their pensions into their sustainability plans and working on net zero pensions. And not only does that act as a leverage point and a pressure point on the industry to see that they're big customers are demanding better. It's also an effective way of reaching their employees, their staff and their consumers to again spread the word about the power of their money. So we think it's a really important thing to be made there. Thanks to our panel, David Heyman and Ros Altman. You've been listening to the New Statesman podcast with me, Philippa Nuttall. The episode was produced in partnership with Rio.ai. Visit www.rio.ai to begin your sustainable investment journey. Our producer is Adrian Bradley. Thank you for listening.